Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar soarings and scalies. I'm your host, Lynn Melanon, and with me are my, ho- co- are my co-hosts, Anne Gron, Math Machine, and Lucky, uh, excuse me, Anne Gron, <laughs> uh, Striker, and Lucky Evie. Today is our 30th uh, episode, uh, and we're discussing uh, 2016's My Little Pony, French of His Magic episode, Gauntlet of Fire. So, let's get things started. Yeah. So, My Little Pony, Friends of Miss Magic was a gigantic phenomenon back in the 2010s. If you were on the internet at that time, you probably saw a pony somewhere, even if you were, like, just exclusively posting on even places like, you know, the, the deepest, most obscure forms on the internet, you probably saw a pony at some time. Now, I have, I don't know about you guys, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but I personally have been there... Kind of since the beginning, I mean, I wasn't really into the fandom until 2012, but I watched the show in 2011, and I think what I've become, I feel like one of those really old hippies that used to be at Woodstock. You weren't there, man. You don't know what it was like when you saw, you know, Candace turn into Queen Chrysalis. You weren't there, man. It, oh, it really man. Does feel like, yeah. Oh, man. Honestly, like, I think there's an episode from season two that pretty much uh, is every... Bro- Almost every Brony's backstory. No joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, they they kind of get curious. They take a look at it, and they're like... Yeah, yeah, the one where our Rainbow oh. Dash learns about reading. That was a fun one. Yep, reading yeah, Rainbow. Classic, classic. Yep. And yeah, uh, personally, my favorite ponies are uh, Pinkie Pie, Rarity, and Celestia. And you will, again, we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, this yeah. episode is one from season six, which is still a really good season in my eyes. I feel like what happened, a lot of the fandom was getting a little stagnant at this point, unfortunately, because I think like the hiatuses hadn't done it a lot of favors in the past. But I, I, it still is a good season. And this is a very, very good episode, in my opinion. So yeah, the episode uh, Cold Open begins with Spike and Rarity uh, hunting for gems. And Spike and Rarity always had a really fun relationship, and I enjoyed what they did with it as time went on. They actually uh, built more on it with character development, and that's one thing you'll see a lot about, especially in Friendship is Magic, that they actually took the time to have characters grow and evolve over time, at least until some episodes of the last season, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, uh, Spike starts to glow, which attracts the bats in the cave, and... This is actually the shortest cold opening of the show I have ever seen because it just stops right here and it cuts right to the title sequence. And yeah, yeah. Like, bat. Oh man, it reminds me of the uh, bat. It reminds me of the bats from uh, bats. The one where yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that, that that had a good song on it too. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah season four, I believe. But yeah, uh, it starts, of course, with the iconic My Little Pony from Mischievous Magic theme song, which I will never skip, thank you very much, because it is iconic and it slaps. It's It's iconic, yes, but it occasionally uh, gets to a point where it's, like, iffy sometimes. I will will admit, it's definitely a lot better than other themes, but yeah. Yeah, the extended version would be a little bit... uh, be a little bit uh too long but i feel like this version it has a good it goes at a good clip 
And yeah, I did not know there was an extended version. Yeah, yeah, there, okay. there is, and I feel like it goes on for a little too long. Maybe that's why I like you know this version a little bit better. But yeah, so the episode proper. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Oh, oh, no, continue. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. Oh, yeah. So the episode proper begins uh, at Twilight's uh, Crystal Palace. And the Crystal Palace uh, basically replaced the uh, Golden Oak Library in season four when uh, Lord Tyrek destroyed it. And, yeah, Tyrek destroyed it. Yeah, yeah. And y- you know Rip. why this was done, which was, uh, of course, to sell toys, which apparently the writers were not too happy to have to do that just to sell toys. They actually intended for Celestia and Luna's old castle in the uh, woods to be Twilight's castle, but uh, unfortunately, Hasbro was like, no, we need to sell toys. Proving that yeah. Hasbro had Power learned nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it proves that Hasbro sadly has learned absolutely nothing from the, the Transformers movie when they killed off Optimus Prime and a billion children instantly were traumatized forever just so they could sell toys. They have not learned a thing, oh, unfortunately. Okay, unlike... Okay, this one, I feel, is a little less impactful than that one. Which honestly, no, 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 no. I'm not comparing it. I'm not comparing it. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm not comparing that at all. It's it's all good. It's all good. Sorry about that. So yeah. yeah uh, anyway, uh, Celestia and Luna are in the castle, which it's always a good when they appear in episodes because again, Celestia is one of my favorite ponies, and I feel like she never really got the time to shine as much as she did. She got a couple of good episodes later on in the show. Oh uh, yeah, the, the road trip with the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, the road yeah, the trip one with, with the Luna. Was yeah, that hilarious. was a fun one. That was a fun yeah, one. But that gave them more like character. The, so, so like for the most life. part, she was kind of. I don't know if they really knew what to do with her, but even seeing her in a more casual setting like this is a good one. And yes. there's a pretty good joke where Celestia and Luna just say that they're here to relax, and Rarity just bursts in wanting help again. And I feel like the juxtaposition of that's a good one. And. It turns out that uh, Spike's glowing is a call from the uh, Dragon Lord. And, uh. yep, Dragon Society in a Friendship is Magic is very, very unique because in the first season, most dragons were shown to be basically loners in that. They didn't even really have a society. They basically they all lived in caves and did whatever they, they wanted to. In the second season, we get the episode uh, Dragon Quest where they're mostly shown to be uh, kind of selfish and arrogant and whatnot. Which dicks, you do get yeah. to see some, yeah, kind of like that. And I'm really happy with this episode. They took a more nuisance look at them yeah, rather than having the yeah. nuance. Thank you, thank you. But they they took a more nuanced look at them compared to like this version where the the older version where they were like, you know, oh, the dragons are big and mean, but the ponies are small and nice. You know, I feel like if this was like an '80s show, they would have just done that and stuck with it. Compared to this, where they actually allow the characters to have a little bit more depth. And I really like that they do that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Garble uh, was from that episode, and he was the main antagonist of that one as well. And I do like the other gag with Twilight, of course, geeking out over going to the Dragonlands to study all about their culture. And then uh, everyone else just stares at her like, what are you doing is another like, good one. the fuck, Twilight? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is the little yeah. tasteless twi. Little yeah. tasteless twi. Ooh, tasteless twi. 
Good, good one, good one. Tasteless Twilight sounds good. Yeah, Rarity's mention of the dragon costume is funny because in the episode Dragon Quest, uh, they dress up as a dragon, and it's like the worst dragon costume ever. And yet, one of the dragons in the Dragon Lands just happens to look exactly like that costume. You know, and that's that one was, of those that just was so hilarious. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has the exact same like goofy expression on his face and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, crackle. Email. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I will have to look that up. But yeah, uh, their current costume is uh, when they're in the Dragonlance, Rarity and Twilight. Uh, they're just a rock with eye holes in it. And <laughs> none of the other dragons oh, notice yeah. that there's a rock, a rock with like two eye holes in it. You know, just right there. And yeah, Garble in uh, Dragon Quest and in this episode. He's kind of a stereotypical, uh, I guess, bully type, you know, teenage bully and whatnot. He yeah. does get a lot more depth later on in another episode with Ember. And again, I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they took these characters that could have been mm. one-off, one-note characters and decided, no, let's actually take some time to develop them and properly go through uh, character arcs. Which, again, I feel yeah. is what uh, separates uh, Friendship is Magic from a lot of the previous generations of the show. Which, bring the uh, boys from the men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dragon Lord. We get to see uh, the Dragon Lord, Dragon Lord Torch, and he's awesome. I just, I love the fact that he has more predominant facial features than all the other dragons. He's like ten times larger than all of them. And it, again, for for a Flash animated show, because Friends of His Magic was animated entirely in Flash, it, it looks really, really good. Like, part of me, you know, wonders, oh, what if they had traditional animation? But it still is probably one of the better shows that does, like, exclusively Flash animation that I've seen. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, in the uh, crowd shot, we actually get to see two dragonesses. Uh, the purple one, who is more in the uh, foreground of the shot, is named Mar. And she actually has a dialogue later on, which we'll talk about. Yes. She's voiced by Nicole Oliver, a.k.a. Princess Celestia who has also done a bunch of other voices as part of the Ocean Group. If you've seen a show that had a voice acting done in Canada, for the most part, she was probably on that show at one time. Yeah, and, not to mention yeah. Zubaya from uh, Dragon Prince, yeah, which will yeah, and we be are covered later. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's funny. That means there's going to be two dragonesses voiced by Nicole Oliver that we're going to discuss on the show. That'll be a lot of fun when we get to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's almost exactly. unrecognizable as Mar, which is... Yeah. It really shows how good of a voice actress she is, that she's able to actually uh, disguise her voice like that. You know, it doesn't sound like Celestia at all. I had to actually look at the credits to see who voiced the character, and I was like, whoa, that, that's interesting. Mm, we also yeah. get to see another dragoness. She's kind of in the background. She's a little hard to spot. Uh, she's uh, she has pink coloring. She has a tail that's would. long enough that she could sit on, which another cute touch. And yeah. her name is Ballista. She has a unique uh, snout, but a similar body shape to uh, that of Ember. And basically, uh, the dragon's designs in general are really well done because I feel like you know with the ponies, you had kind of a template for them. Granted, you can go all out with the colors, with the designs, with the accessories, but you still have a base template for the dragons. I feel like. They had a lot of fun coming up with unique ways to make them look different. You know, to all give them, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, tweak from each other that all make them really fun to watch. That's why episodes in the Dragonlands are 
really unique. You know, I feel like they they are probably some of the better episodes of the show. Not saying that all the show is bad because a lot of it is really really good, but like the, some of the ones in the Dragonlands are a lot of fun. And speaking of which, uh, this generation is the first and is so far the only one to have dragonesses in it. Um, because, of course, there's these dragonesses. But, of course, Ember also shows up and she instantly became a fan favorite character. Because, of course, Dragness and with the brony fandom was like, you know, kindling on a fire, basically. It went on for like <laughs> a hitch. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. what happened is that... Uh, Originally, Lauren Faust did a drawing of a dragoness that was supposed to appear in season one, and she resembled kind of a larger, more mature version of Ember. They had, like, Twilight Sparkle in the drawing, looking up at this dragoness in awe, and really wonder how she would have been in the show, but never got used. There was going to be an episode in uh, season three that had Fluttershy transform into a dragoness, which would have been very interesting to see her design oh, like yes. that. Yeah, unfortunately, we did not get that because season three was cut short. Because they thought the show was going to end. Hence why they gave Twilight wings at the end of uh, season three. Because oh. I remember reading the writers said if they if they had known about it, they would have waited way later to do that. But they thought that this was going to be the end of the show. So they did that. So now we actually have a show where Twilight is an alicorn for way longer than she was a unicorn. She was a unicorn for like three and a half seasons, and she's an alicorn for like, you know, four Everything seasons. Everything else. Yeah, yeah, four yeah, seasons. Five or exactly. six at most. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we do have, uh, again, uh, in G1, I don't think there were any other dragons other than Spike. Same thing with the uh, G3. And in G5, they say all of the other dragons are sleeping, so we don't know if there's any dragonesses. We can presume so, but until then, it's unlikely. So, yeah, that's why Friendship is Magic is probably the best generation of G uh, of My Little Pony. It is the most amount of dragons, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Torch, according to Dragon Law, has to step down, meaning that the dragons basically have to do a competition to see who the new Dragon Lord will be. And there's a really funny joke about Torch forcing all the other dragons and dragonesses to be sad over his retirement, like like screaming at them. I, I, exactly, exactly. It's, it's so <laughs> funny because it just comes yeah. out like a big noble speech and how they instantly turn, you have like, like openly weeping about him leaving is a good one. So yeah, the dragons, basically their task is to fetch his scepter from the inside of an active volcano. Now, Twilight is all for this because she wants to learn all about the dragon culture and whatnot. While Spike realizes that he's out of this and he just wants to leave, he starts, like, pushing the stone away with him, which, again, is just, like, the cheap costume with Twilight and Rarity in it. And all the other uh, dragons and dragonesses, Torch included, notice this because, of course, they would. And now we get to hear Ember's voice. And I feel like her, vo her uh, voice, it works really, really well for the character. Apparently, her voice actress is actually more of a musician in Canada. She's done voice acting, including, of course, Ember, but apparently her day job is more of a musician, and she has a really natural you know, a voice for the character. It, it works so well with the design, I feel. Mm. Yep. So anyway, uh, several of the... So anyway, uh, Ember attempts to get Spike to leave, realizing that he probably couldn't uh, take part in it, which, of course, he's thankful for. 
and several of the other dragons, Mar included, which is where we get her line of dialogue, get ideas for what they should do when they become dragon lord. Some of them want to, like, Mar wants apparently all dragons to greet by belching, which, okay, that's interesting. You have uh, one of them wants to steal all the ponies' pillows for their backs, which is again a funny one. But then Garble wants to become dragon lord, and he's going to apparently raise Equestria if he becomes dragon lord. Which is why Spike basically has to take part in it now to ensure that Garble doesn't win. One thing that is interesting is how Spike says, "Oh, if any of the other dragons you know win, it'll be bad for Equestria." But it's like if Mar wins. Yeah, it's disgusting, but she's not actively going to raise their homes or anything. Yeah, it's That's definitely... Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah, Spike uh, then uh, realizes if he wins, he can never return home because the Dragon Lord has to stay in the Dragonlands. So the first task is for the dragons to fly to the volcano, but Spike doesn't have wings yet. He gets them later on in the series, but for now, yeah, yeah. no wings. So yeah. He uh, ends up falling in the water by Garble, and he swims his way with Twilight and Rarity cheering him on, covered in seaweed, with, again, their eye holes just peeking out. And, <laughs> again, none of the other dragons and dragonesses notice this, which is another good uh, joke. And then we get to see a green-scaled dragon in a suit of armor is knocked into the water by one of the other competitors. Spike saves the dragon and brings it to land, only for it to be revealed that the mystery dragon turns out to be Princess Ember all along. Despite what, you know, Torch says, she wants to compete in the competition to prove that dragons don't just have to be, you know, big and powerful, but they can also be smart. Which, again, really good character development. It takes what people think, you know, from like the last season, how the dragons were from like the episode Dragon Quest, and it gives them a lot more development. It really finds a way to take like a concept that most people would think like oh you know all dragons are you know big stupid brutes and it turns it on its head which oh, again yeah. is something i really really like about friendship is magic they did a fantastic job with that so yeah uh rarity uh of course gives them gives herself away in a funny way and spike has to admit that uh ponies are his friends ember is confused by this claiming that you know dragons don't do friends and she has to basically win the gauntlet to prove to the others, including her father, which, again, as I said earlier, really, really good touch. So yeah, Garble is then uh, crushed by a stone, but Spike saves him, and I, I love this little part. Garble is annoyed. He's, like, pissed that Spike took the time to save him from being crushed by a giant boulder. It's like, you know, why'd you do that? <laughs> it really is something like, you know, it showcases how most of the dragons naturally act in that. Which, again, is good. And, of course, mm -hmm. uh, Garble sniffs out the ponies, but Ember uh, pr protects them by saying that she robbed some ponies earlier. And then I love how Spike protects Ember from being discovered by saying that she was his old neighbor and whatnot. And it actually reminds me of, from Family Guy, you know, what's your name? Ah, uh, ah, uh, my name? P-Tier Griffin. Yeah, I'm Peter Griffin. Oh, crap. That's what Spike's <laughs> explanation reminded me of. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. interest yeah, yeah. So interesting sound effect use. Uh the Wilhelm scream, which is famous from uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, a lot of other movies. They actually is it's heard when some of the other dragons get hit by the boulders, which is a nice touch. 
and mm. uh, Spike and Ember decide to work together despite Rarity uh, not feeling good about the idea. And this leads to another good gag. Spike turns to talk to Rarity, but they are not there on the seaweed. And it turns out they're just hiding in a tree trunk right next to him, which uh, another good one. You know, it's not expected. You know, you think that they'd be hiding in it, but they're really like uh, right in the opposite direction. And yeah. like I say, Fred is magic. It, it wasn't really the funniest, funniest show, to be honest. But when it was funny, it was funny. You know, it was clever. It was clever. It had a lot of good moments in it. So yeah, uh, Spike basically rides on Ember's back as they maneuver their way. Uh, yeah. They maneuver their way through the molders and whatnot. Which you know, it actually does remind me a little bit of How to Train Your Dragon. Some of the shots in this. Which makes me wonder if they took inspiration from that movie for this. Mostly from the first one, I feel. You know, with the uh, point of view shot and whatnot. that's true. Yeah, I definitely feel like they definitely took some uh, idea with it. So, of course, uh, Spike and Ember make it to the mouth of the cavern as fire shoots out from it and knocks out some more competitors. And and I love that Rarity and Twilight are just randomly up in the mouth of the cavern in their tree disguise. Like, they just happen to show up. Yeah, with with no explanation as to how they got there. Again, you can infer that, oh, they teleported off screen and whatnot, but I think it's funnier if you don't realize that. If you think, like, wait, how did they get there? They were all the way on the other side of the cliff. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't... Yeah, it feels like something that definitely could have been... Uh, it would have been funnier. I feel like it was, like, Earth ponies like Applejack and uh, Pinky, believe it or not. But it, it's still a good joke, regardless. So, yeah, Ember admits that Spike has helped her out and decides to keep working with him, and... The cavern, I do like what they do here with all the little traps, like the stalagmites and the rubies smashing against the walls and whatnot. It it does remind me a little bit of the episode with a Daring Do. A little bit, but then again, you could say that just about like any, you know, temple and any movie and whatnot. So it probably wasn't too much of a coincidence. So yeah, uh, Spike, uh, Spike, sorry, uh, Garble gets hit by a ruby, which makes an indent in the mountain and... When I actually saw it, the first thing I thought of, no joke, was, uh, this is my hole. It was made for me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have a Junji Ito poster that I got from Comic-Con. I didn't really want it, but I took it out of charity. But, oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I know, I know. I know. that. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But when I saw it, that's like the first thing I thought of, and, I, and then I thought to myself, "Wait, why am I thinking that? Yo, what's wrong with me?" Uh, but yeah, uh, Rarity and Spike make it to the Lavern Cavern with Rarity and Twilight there again, and Ember actually points out, like, "Wait, how did you get here?" Which again, another funny joke. You know, another funny you know callback with it. So Rarity almost falls off the cliff, but Spike saves her. And this causes Ember to just be really confused about it. Why did he risk his life to save hers? And why is Rarity and Twilight going through all this trouble to support Spike? It really makes her consider, like, you know, the ideas of friendship and whatnot. She considers it for a brief moment, but then she basically abandons Spike to get the scepter, uh, owing to her, you know, her dragonous nature. She feels like she can't change, which, again... Good character development, especially for her first appearance. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, with that. That's certainly interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reserved, but not in a way that like makes it so that she's absolutely racist. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, Rarity claims that Ember is just like all the other dragons, which 
Wow. Okay, Rarity. That's Ouch. that's all prejudice right there. Ouch, but bitch. Spike yeah, yeah. Spike denies this as she did try to save him as well. So Spike eventually finds a scepter room, is about to grab it, only to be confronted by Garble. And yeah, basically what happens is uh, Garble uh, threatens to throw Spike off the cliff, but Ember saves him because now Ember finally realizes what friendship is all about, which... Again, uh, which of course friendship is magic. It's in the title, folks. But, uh, uh, I do, <laughs> but yeah, it is again something that feels natural. It doesn't feel like it's a forced effany or anything, you know. Yeah, that's certainly it feels absolutely. like it was really, you know, really almost earned in a way. Yeah, it was earned. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. And also, Spike temporarily uh, becoming the Dragon Lord and like telling. Telling yeah. Garble, you go fucking hug everyone. Exactly. So, well, that, we'll talk about that in just a second. But yeah, uh, basically, a Garble, before that, a Garble discovers uh, Rarity and Twilight and slowly corners them. But then Ember just slams into Garble and they fight. And then Spike <laughs> is conflicted whether he should get the scepter or save Ember. But then he chooses the latter because then he just tackles Garble, which again was really surprising. But again, Garble knocks him off the cliff and fights Ember, and Garble's just sickened that dragons are helping each other. Yeah. But then, of course, Ember uh, literally tosses him aside, and she realizes that, you know, friendship is better than just, you know, being greedy and selfish and whatnot, which, again, is something that it's good for the dragons to learn and whatnot. Right. So then uh, Spike grabs the scepter, and now he's officially the dragon lord, which... <sighs> And and now, yeah, now he forces Garble to basically go home. But before he does that, he has to hug literally every single dragon he sees. And the first dragon he does this to, when he, like, storms off sulking, the dragon looks with, like, a gigantic grin on his face. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know... <laughs> just, like, the, the grin on that dragon's face after he got the hug. It was like, oh, wow. Uh... But yeah, then uh, Spike uh, realizes that, you know, his home is in Equestria, so he passes the scepter off to Ember, which causes her to become the Dragon Lord. And of yep, course, or Dragon Lady in this case. Yep, yep. Of course, they don't change the title. I think, I think she is officially still called Dragon Lord Ember, but that is a good point. Yeah, Spike, yeah, just, so yeah, Spike hugs Ember, causing her to be, you know, shocked and whatnot. And still getting used to the friendship. <laughs> yep, yep. Still, still learning about. It. So yeah, Torch. When he finds out about this, he is absolutely pissed at Ember having the scepter. But then he realizes that you know she died fair and square. She deserves to be the leader. And Garble is also hugs Torch's snout because Torch is just so massive. He can't you know he can't give him like a normal hug. He has to like hug his snout. Is another really funny joke. And then mm -hmm. while he looks up like pleadingly at Torch. It really, really works out well. So Don't yeah, ask. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. you. Yeah, that's great. It's great. So yeah, uh, Twilight then notes out that Ember is going to help her out with the dragon culture, which comes into play later on. Which I do like that they did follow up on it. There were some things that kind of dropped out as the show went on, like the fact that, you know, Fluttershy technically is still a, you know, vampire bat and whatnot that they, they didn't leave out. So I'm glad that they did follow this up and they did more with Ember later on. She would yeah. appear in uh, several other episodes in the uh, upcoming seasons. And for the most part, she has a pretty good run. Of, she has a pretty good uh, run of episodes, in my opinion. 
I yeah. feel like she could have been used a little bit more. I feel like there was ways you could have had her in in like not in like every episode, like shoehorning her in, like what they had to do with Twilight at the beginning of the uh, show. But I feel like there's ways that you could have had her in a little bit more episodes, and you could have had it done a lot more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could definitely be interesting. Yep. So, uh, oh, guys, I go ahead. Uh, uh, no, go. No, go ahead. All right, that's, that's good. So yeah, um, now it is time for the uh, questions of the week, which is, uh, what is your experience with Friendship is Magic slash the uh, Brony fandom in general? And uh, I'll go first. And right now it is story time. Here is how a Brony meetup in Rotterdam gave me a fear of heights. Oh, boy. This is going to be an interesting one. So get ready. On in. Here we So yeah, basically what happened is uh, in around 2014, which, God, is nine years ago. Where does the time go? So, yeah, uh, in 2014, I went to Rotterdam to a brony meetup with a bunch of friends from a My Little Bony form I was on at the time. <clears throat> so, yeah, we basically, we tore Rotterdam, which is really cool. Saw the canal, saw some statues. Didn't get to see the uh, dinosaur museum, but it was okay. It was a really cool idea. But then what happened is that we went up to this... Uh, basically viewing observation tower. I we went up to like the uh you know second level of the tower. To go up to the first level of to go up to like the uh top level of the tower, you had to pay like uh you know 10 15 euros. I didn't want to do that because you know I only really had money for you know dinner for myself that night. You know, I wasn't about to spend it. So I I basically told the the others, you know, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, I'll, I'll head out. I'll meet you guys. I go out like the first door I see. Now I am on the side of the tower. I am on this platform that is as big as my shoes. And this is on like a side of the tower where there are like no people there. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, nobody saw this. And if anyone did see this, they probably wonder what the hell I was doing. I had to basically shimmy my way on this platform, which again, are the, were the size of my shoes. I had to like shimmy along, slowly inch my way towards the stairwell which I took to like the first level and then I took it to the uh, you know, ground. I should also mention that day was an extremely windy day. So here I am on the side of this tower in Rotterdam on this really tiny platform and it's really windy out and I'm thinking, oh my God, am I going to live through this? Yeah, that's fucking, yeah, that honestly does not help with, like, people yeah. who don't want to no. get, like, no, no. a fear I, of I, heights I, and yet get it anyway because of yeah, that. I, I never had a fear of heights before this, but after this, it's like, you know, I think about it, I'm like, oh, God, you know? So basically, I had to basically, so yeah, uh, after I got uh-huh. down back on the ground, I literally, you know, before I went back, you know, to the uh, area with all the people in it, I literally kissed the ground for a second, just out of, like, you know, Sheer joy in that, and none of the others knew about this. None of the others, yeah, I didn't tell them about it. I told them, like, oh, did you find the exit? Oh, yeah, I found it okay. But I, like, for for like a few minutes, I was absolutely not certain if I would have lived through that because that is absolutely insane, you know. But yet, and the thing is, is Rotterdam is a really beautiful place. We saw the uh, cube houses and whatnot. They were cool. We saw an episode at like a D&D shop and then they all played D&D. And since I had never even heard of it before, I was <clears> really confused as to what was going on afterwards. I found out like about D&D like, 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 uh, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. 
I I never got into it. You know, I guess it you know just never appealed to me. Unfortunately, which is weird because I also was a fantasy fan. But but you know, getting back off that tangent to this tangent. <laughs> It's funny because yeah. uh, freaking uh, Vox Machina is D and D, and you. Yeah, that's true. That's a good show. That that I will. I <laughs> am really enjoying that so far. I'm looking forward to talking yeah. about that on this podcast someday. So yeah, basically, uh, what happened is that again, I went through the rest of the tour. Fine, you know, with the meetup and that. That was the only one I would go to. I was planning on one for 2015, but then circumstances kind of stopped it. And then yeah, ever since then, you know, it's it's weird, like with like a height it's not so much stuff like being on an airplane or a ferris wheel or even like an observation deck of like a lighthouse it's like when you actually have to walk up there like when you have to walk on a platform that's when i sometimes get it which Mm. yep but anyway uh just about to answer the rest of the question about my experience with the fandom i started watching in 2011 when they started playing it on tv here randomly and then i got into the fandom in uh march of 2012 I pretty much was a brony until I think around uh, season five. Then I kind of fell off the show for a little while. I just, I think, kind of uh, kind of thought, eh, yeah, I think I've run its course. Then when My Little Pony, the movie, came out, I went back full force into it. You know, I actually, it was like the, the, the fire was reignited, and I was still a big fan of it. I never attended any conventions or anything like that, but... And that meetup in Rotterdam was the only one I had. But uh, mm. yeah, that was the story about how a brony meetup in Rotterdam uh, caused me to have a fear of heights. Nice. So, uh, so uh, I'm sorry if that seems like a lot for uh, you to get through uh, and ground, like uh, for you oh. like, to follow it up. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. So what was your experience with the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic slash uh, the brony fandom? Okay, the brony fandom... Not specifically anything important. However, how I got into uh, MLP is a little interesting. So I know that around 2010 or so, like MLP was starting to become a thing. Like I read in a Game Informer uh, magazine that, like, my uh, about uh, I saw this article called My Little Brony, which I'm like, hmm. Then I started hearing the term Brony a little more and more, and I'm like, hmm, okay. It's a little weird. I I honestly didn't think much of it at the time. Then, however, when I was still in middle school, like, 7th grade or so, uh, I went over to my cousin's house. And then... Or, actually, no. Before I went to my cousin's house, I... uh, My sister was very much into MLP. And uh, I remember seeing this little... uh, I remember seeing this tiny little pamphlet for, like, uh, the characters of MLP. It it didn't really look that impressive. Like, some of the characters looked pretty eh. They looked a little too angular, like something out of, like, the 1950s or 60s or something like that. However, one character in particular caught my eye. And that out of all the characters on that pamphlet from, was Princess Celestia. From the moment I saw her, I was immediately interested a little bit. I didn't. I still didn't think too much of it at the time, but let's just say Celie was easily the first one to ultimately get me a little interested. She, she basically had my interest. And then, uh, a few months or like a year or so later... Uh, I, 
<laughs> All right. I went to my cousin's house. We get back to this. So, uh, we were in the we were in the place. We were just like doing stuff and whatnot, like occasionally playing games, like checking out Transformers and whatnot. Because at the time, uh, my cousin was very much into Transformers, kind of technically still is. But then, all of a sudden, we, we keep in mind at the time, my sister was far ahead in like knowing what uh, MLP was than I did. But, the moment I saw a few episodes, like, I remember, uh, like, one of them being Sonic Rainboom that had, like, Celestia in it, and I saw a few others, and I was like, hmm. So, eventually, at some point, after I ultimately, uh, like, had nothing much to do, I ultimately got a little curious. So, after those select episodes, I ultimately decided to watch the series from the beginning. And then, since then, I have pretty much been a little hooked. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was that kind of experience, which was very much... Uh, which, honestly, I... Like, it didn't exactly start out, like, be me being all, oh, bronies, it's not the great, blah, blah, <laughs> But, yeah. that is, to, that's not to say, uh, but that's not to say it didn't eventually get to that point, because, let's be fair here, we all had that particular, in fact, I actually saw that episode. I think, wait, no, shit. Never mind. I, I saw, like, mostly season one episodes, but I will say this. I will say this. That episode is definitely relatable because I was very much interested at that point, uh, and then I saw it, and I, it had my full attention, and then it, it, and then after, like, a certain episode, I was like, it hit me. I'm uh, a fucking brony. So <laughs> that was a lot of people's experiences. You're, you're not alone in that. A lot, a lot of people became fans like that. They were like, you know, they weren't, they were saying, oh, this show's stupid. You know, let's watch it to, you know, see what it's all about. And then, of course, they end up, you know, learning to like it, which happens to a lot of stuff. But I feel like with bronyism, it was the first time I feel like that happened with the internet at large. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people were starting to come out of the woodwork. And it's like, hmm. Right, right. No, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, watched it to mock... Even, like, on um, that's how bronyism came to be. A lot of people on 4chan watched it to mock it and make fun of it, and they ended up loving it so much that it became its own subculture. Oh, yeah. It, it was really something that... I feel like bronyism in general, it could only have happened at the time it did. It was like, uh... It was like, basically, lightning had struck perfectly. That it was all yeah, of the planets and, keep in and, mind, the and this was like an era where like Gravity Falls came out at the time. Yeah, before so. Gravity Falls, it, it pre the only hit other shows that were on was stuff like Regular Show and Adventure Time, which has definitely primed people for it. But I feel like Friends of Miss Magic, it came out at the perfect time when social media was just getting big enough to where it could definitely be a viable way for people to get through with it and with YouTube and whatnot. But it wasn't so advanced and so splintered. 
Of course, we mm-hmm. still have uh, really huge uh, fandoms and whatnot today, but I feel like bronyism is one of those things that it only happened uh, once or twice. So, yeah. So, uh, Stryker, uh, what is your uh, experience with uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic? Unfortunately, I don't have much of experience because I never really watched it growing up. Um, mm. That uh, Neither that or actually watching it up until now. But I do have experiences with the uh, the fandom, of course, outside of the um, nice outside of the uh, the the uh, actual show. Like uh, first time I ever experienced it was on uh, art sites, as well as the different uh, fan art fan art uh, pieces. Let's be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true. I imagine a lot of people got into the show probably through fan art as well. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Lucky Evie, what is your opinion of uh, our experience rather with the uh, French of his magic and the uh, fandom? I watched one episode with it was watching. Huh. I'm sorry. What? Uh, which episode did you see? The, uh, the first Iron Will episode. Huh. What was because that? Because I I am and still am scared to this day about letting people know. Huh? There's really no reason to be. I mean, it's it's yeah. not really. I mean, the the phantom does have its stigma, like a lot of stuff does, unfortunately. But I feel like there's nothing really wrong with it. Like watching a show that you know you like watching. You know, just saying. You know, I I am a person. I enjoy watching the show. There's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, yep, now it is time for the uh, patent-pending Dragonist scale, and we're going to discuss uh, Princess Ember on this show. I would also throw in Mar, but she really has such a small screen time to where I don't know if we could rate her. I'm going to give her yeah. a 6 out of 10 regardless. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. She, we've done lesser Dragonists, let's be real. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll throw her, her in on too. But yeah, uh, for Ember, I am going to give her a... I and I don't I don't say this lightly. Ember I think gets a perfect score because yeah. I feel like number one she is the first predominant dragoness in the uh, Friends of His Magic franchise. There may have been a dragoness in G one and G three. I'm not entirely for sure. G1? But Who knows? G one. I'm not sure. But for Ember to be like the first real dragoness, let's put it this way: she's the first uh, you know dragoness to be an actual character. I feel. She really just knocks it out of the park, I think. She she has a fantastic design, you know, with like she she's stylized, she's streamlined, but yet she's not too she still re- retains appeal while still being, you know, draconic. I do like the ideas like, you know, the uh the uh gem-shaped uh marks on her body, which is another nice touch. The the mm. snout shape, the wings, the horns being turned like that is another good touch. The voice is fantastic, and it would only get better as time went on. And just her personality in general, the way that she learns about friendship in this episode, she goes from being a, you know, pretty uh, standard dragoness to a character with a lot more depth, and that she even has more depth from the start, that she's tired of all the other dragons and wants to be different from them. It is such a good springboard for her, and I feel like she only got... She got a lot better as time went on. 
when I feel like she had a lot of interaction with the other ponies and whatnot, it really did work out for the best. And I feel like Ember is one of those dragonesses that she is really the first and so far only predominant dragoness in uh, My Little Pony uh, history. So, yeah, her design, her voice, her look, ever her personality, everything about her, she gets an absolute perfect score from me. So, yeah, Andron? The lesser, and, okay, quick tangent, I'm looking it up, and apparently there were four ponies in this, uh, in Gen 1 that actually transformed into dragons. So I believe those were, I think the dragons might have been male. I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to look it up. That actually is in, I think, a Rescue from Midnight Castle, which is the first My Little Pony animated anything. As before, they had even the own TV show. It was like a made-for-TV special, I think. So, yeah, uh, that technically mm. is the first uh, My Little Pony uh, animated thing ever. And if I'm wrong and they turn out that they do turn into dragonesses, we will definitely talk about that sometime in the future. Because it'll be interesting going back and talking about the first ever My Little Pony animation ever from the 80s. That'd be interesting. But, yeah, uh, sorry, go ahead. In any case. All right. So, Ember, I am going to be a little lesser with Ember, and I am going to give her a, if I'm being generous, I want to say an 8 out of 10, but uh, let's see here. For this episode in particular, you know what, I'm going to do an 8 out of 10. Uh, I am going to say, I, I will say I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I do admit that uh, Ember does skirt the line between uh, uh, between uh, casual uh, uh, ca casual apartist sort of and uh, curious and curious, but uh, I don't know. There are other there are other dragons that do it more for me. And while I and while I do like Ember's design, I do like her character here. I think uh, I think the biggest gripe for me is that she's a little underused, all things considered. Like this here is that really uh, got the ball rolling, but like it's one of those things where it's like uh, it like stops a little ways away. You know what I mean? No, no, I definitely, I definitely understand that. You know, I I yeah. get it completely. You know that that I feel like again she uh, that's uh. One of the criticisms I have with her that she was kind of underused and uh, a little bit underbaked uh, in some of her last appearances. But regardless mm. of that, she really did, I feel, uh, carve a niche out for herself. But I understand completely, you know, where you're coming yeah. from with that. She definitely but, needed a lot more uh, time and appearance for it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but and, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, the only other nitpick I have is that while her character. While uh, the the casual uh, character slash slight dragonist bit slight uh, dragon nature shows here and there, uh, it's not enough for me to really change my score that much. So I'm gonna give her an eight out of ten. That that's perfectly fair. That's a good score. So yeah, uh, striker. Hmm. Good question. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Because uh. I really didn't get much of an idea from her in this episode, but I will say that I will give her an eight for now. Nice. Oh, nice. Because like uh, I've I've seen plenty of fan art of her, and I will say I am a fan of her. Nice, nice, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, just like a uh, quick question. So, 
seeing as this was like one of your first episodes of uh, Friendship is Magic in general, it's going a little, uh, little tiny tangent here. What did you think of it as a whole, basically? Just, just uh, curiosity. It was, uh, it was a lot better than I thought, actually. Mm. Mm. Nice, nice. It was fun. Yep, glad you liked it. And uh, yeah, yeah, Lucky Evie, what would you have to give uh, Ember from uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? I'd say about 10. Wow. Uh, any reason? Yeah, not really. Mm. Okay. All right then. Uh, if you have any questions, or if you want to, uh, or if you want to uh, ask us which pony you think should have turned into a dragonesses, <laughs> you could feel you could uh, email us at fireydiscourse at outlook dot com, or visit us on Twitter at twitter dot com slash fireydiscourse. Next time it's September, so you know what that means. We're going to be talking about the two thousand and one animated movie Shrek, an all time mm. classic with an all time classic dragoness and. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about this movie, too. So, yep. Uh, until next time, thank you guys so much for listening, and take care. Yep. us. Adios.